0: Fitness is your ability to cope with and recover from stress. And the best way to level up both your mental and your physical fitness is by making small but powerful changes to your daily habits and routines. With this podcast, I aim to bring you a combination of short educational solo casts and slightly longer conversations I've had with a wide variety of fascinating people. The goal? To help you develop a lifestyle which supports your mental and physical fitness and improves your overall quality of life. My name is Jay Unwin. Welcome to Fit Body, Fit Mind. Welcome back to Fit Body Fit Mind and today I have with me a really good friend and a huge inspiration to me as well the queen bee herself Danny Wallace. Danny how are you doing today?
1: hello you know what it always makes me giggle when people introduce me it's the queen bee it sounds very audacious i'm glad we get an opportunity to to discuss like why it is that i introduce myself uh, like no that we're today. not we're
0: gonna leave that now we're gonna we're gonna <laughs> let everyone else make up their own mind um <laughs> who
1: does she think she is that danny wallace rocking around saying that she's the queen bee
0: works somehow though doesn't it i mean like people seem to like it danny
1: yeah, they do. I think it's when I explain it, it helps because right. when you walk into a room and you and you kind of declare yourself quite audaciously, um, you know, it is, it is a bold statement to make. But then, you know, when I explain it, it's much less about me and more about the people that I come across. It's a reclamation. It's a birthright of success. Of, I was really annoyed when I found <laughs> out the Queen was born the Queen.
0: Oh, and, I, is, was, I was out of order,
1: <laughs> and she was born into this abundance and all of this sort of stuff and i was born on the council states of State, so preston i thought well why not me why why can't i have those things and the answer is is that i can and so can so can other people they've just you've got to choose it we've got to be a bit more creative in our requiring of those things so
0: that's all and so is that is that where so for the people because obviously there's going to be people listening to this who do know you there's going to be people listening to this who don't so is is that is that how the kind of the queen bee name came about or was there more to it than that
1: yeah, I mean it it did the the thinking was that I really wanted to have a look at the reclamation of of owning your birthright to success, to health, to wealth, to abundance, to you know happiness—all those good things, the juicy things in life that often evade us when we when we grasp at them too hard. Um, because I had had a degree of that in in the years running up to me creating the business as it stands today. So I'm yeah. a public speaking coach, and I, um, I have an online network which is just incredible called the I Am the Queen Bee. Um, the I'm the Queen Bee community or movement, even. Uh, but in the years running up to kind of me putting this together, uh, I'd had a bit of a bit of a rough old time. And once I'd come through that rough old time, I was sat watching the Bee Movie. If you ever seen the Bee Movie, yes, uh, I have. I know the one you're <laughs> on about. yep. So in 2007, there's a film come out called the Bee Movie, and uh, I, I mean the premise is a little bit dodgy. A human falls in love with a bee. It's all a bit crazy. However, there is a quote. Is it based about- on a true story? I'm unsure. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Carry on.
1: So um, the so at the beginning, there's this quote, and I'm paraphrasing. It goes along the lines of, aerodynamically, a bee should not be able to fly. Its little wings should not get its fat body off the ground. The bee, however, doesn't care what humans think is impossible. The bee flies anyway. Sure. And I clutched my pearls because I was like, yes, that's it. You know, I'm a survivor of homelessness, of domestic abuse, and all of that kind of stuff. And I decided to start to take responsibility responsibility for, for my outcomes instead of allowing life to happen to me. And I, in in that kind of realisation, chose to fly anyway. And that's what I share now. And that's how the bee thing and the queen thing kind of all work together. And there's loads of fabulous bee analogies as well that work really well in business.
0: I think that that is it does explain it so much in in quite a nice succinct way. I think that most people can, can grasp that idea quite Quite nicely. It's a really nice analogy. And like you said, there's yeah. there's loads of, of of bee analogies that you can make, and you know, people see them as industrious and hard working and um and and pretty awesome. I don't know anyone that doesn't really like bees. I love a bee. Wasps, however, are another matter. People seem to fucking hate wasps, don't they? But they um, are
1: not good things. They like if they, they would have been if they were people, they wouldn't be nice people. Like who would be a wasp?
0: Do you know the thing is I think wasps are missing oh, we're not gonna go down this kind of hole in <laughs> insect tangent that we could go on here but i think wasps are misunderstood i think that i think that yes maybe they're a bit more leery than bees tend to be and yes they may be kind of after your cider when the bees might just be buzzing around the flowers but wasps are very important pollinators too and they have their place they are they are we,
1: we still we've got to we've got to love the wasp. we need the pollination
0: <laughs> <laughs> so um one of the things i wanted to wanted to chat to you about really was your approach to i mean you mentioned health and well-being when you were talking about abundance and about yeah kind of birthright and all of those things that you talk about and about how people can reclaim that 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 part of their life that perhaps they've lost and Mm. I I would really love to get an insight into how you see kind of well-being and wellness and how that kind of fits within your life and also how it fits within your philosophy that you share with others
1: yeah it's it's an interesting one the the well-being one because I've I've had a um I make no secret of an ongoing journey that I have with my mental health. And I think a lot of everything starts behind the eyes and between the ears, Jay. Oh, so yeah. as as well you know, so any kind of health related outcomes start up in your head, if they're great outcomes or if they're not so great outcomes. And there's a lot of work that I've had to do in in my head uh, over the, over the past certainly over the past ten years to really get to grips and start owning that and understand that and then understanding that my out, whatever outcomes it is. I'm I'm overweight. So looking at myself right now, you you might see me as somebody who is unfit or unhealthy. I am not unhappy. Yeah. Uh, but there are definitely aspects of my self care that that need focus. And what I'd found in the past was that I was. Seeking lots of external validation and not receiving it, and my whole path and and journey with my own health and well being has been a, an inward one now, yeah. where I'm now understanding that the validation that I was seeking and the um, I was really shafting myself with a should stick. I had kids and I got fat. I used to work. I used to work all over the world, essentially doing a forty five minute aerobic workout right. at night, doing mini yeah, disco. Yeah, yeah and then I went from that to not to working in an office and obviously that's it and I still ate and drank as I always have done so the the change in my life through you know moving my body to not moving my body to eating the things and my body burning all those things off and all of that sort of stuff really that It started to be thrown really off-kilter and out of balance. And as my life was being thrown off-kilter and out of balance, my self-care, my overall self-care for my health and my wellness really, really took a knock. And when I started to take responsibility again and accept myself and stop stop hating myself, stop being upset with myself and angry at myself and blaming myself for looking like, like I didn't necessarily see myself. In my mind I was still seeing myself, I'm a size ten or twelve, you know, that's that's kind of how I identified and all of a sudden I'm in this body where I don't identify with it anymore taking back responsibility and ownership and acceptance of that has been a real work in progress and continues to be a work in progress but the more that i love myself it turns out the healthier that i get in my head and in my body and it's very very interesting how the two are really correlating
0: it's so true and it's a common theme that i've seen over my years working in the in the health and fitness industry that it it, it's quite pervasive that personal trainers and coaches in that space not all of them by any stretch there are some amazing coaches and amazing personal trainers out there but it seems to be quite common that uh there's this belief of action comes from uh, from almost not liking yourself like it's, it's almost yeah. like if you if you don't if you're not happy with the way you are you're more likely to make certain changes to your lifestyle and therefore get the results you want and therefore end mm-hmm. up being happy and the reality is it never works that way around it always seems to happen much much more effectively at least in my experience uh, in my experience working with clients and myself as well but also through my kind of digging into the research around it and stuff like that it seems to be so much more common that if you start with acceptance like you're talking about and start with kind of starting to move more for example because you love your body and you love what you can do and what you are able to do and you appreciate it and you're grateful for it you're actually mm. far more likely to stick to those habits that make you feel good because usually the self-destructive habits are exacerbated by those negative feelings about yourself
1: yeah absolutely and it's, it was really getting to grips with the fact that you know exercise isn't a punishment for your body it's a way of loving your body so me finding i found yoga really as a connector to myself and as i turned inward on my own personal development actually turning my thoughts inwards and being inside my body was so much more helpful than say for example going bashing it out at the gym it just wasn't for me i didn't want you know they say that sweats the fat crying and i don't don't want to think about it so aggressively like that it's not how i wanted to think about loving myself or caring for myself anymore i wanted it to be everything about my health and my wealth and my well-being and all of the bits that are intertwined, my relationships have been much more about connection to and not disconnection from. And the more I get connection to it, the better things become. So for example, things like meditation practice, yeah. things like yoga practice actually have helped me A, become more flexible 100%, but B, understand which bits of my body hurt, understand which bits of my body feel good. and. Yeah getting back to grips with that has allowed myself to love myself more so then that in turn allows me to take better action around my health around my well-being and you know upstairs and in 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 the physical sense
0: yeah yeah and this it's i think one of the key points that that i think is it's really vital to understand for anyone who's on this journey or starting out on Uh, On a journey is that there is no one size fits all, and yet the fitness industry as a whole is very kind of monotonous in its discussion of physical health and uh, almost having fat loss as being synonymous with physical health right and it's it seems tied to, be- to
1: an aesthetic yeah it an is an aesthetic it is far cell more. and that's the thing isn't it yeah. it's because it's so tied to the aesthetic of having a fit body and you know wearing active wear as a means <laughs> of showing off that body as opposed to active wear to be active it's in. one of the
0: only it's- visible things and I think that's why because we are vis- uh, we're visual creatures we do a uh-huh. lot of our decisions based I mean vision is our most uh, effective sense that we've got Um, You know, Mm -hmm. our sense of smell is rubbish compared to a lot of animals. (laughs) Uh, Our our sense of hearing is rubbish compared to a lot of animals. Our sense of... Our our vision is actually pretty decent, right? We've got really Mm -hmm. detailed, really colourful vision. And so Mm -hmm. we are are affected by what we see Mm -hmm. so much. And the only clearly visible thing that the fitness industry have been able to portray Mm. in terms of fitness and of course body composition has an effect on health Mm -hmm. but it's only one of a vast number of different elements of health huge number of of, of different elements and this is just one but it's the only one that's visible and so if you're trying to market something and Mm -hmm. you're trying to market it through pictures and videos and stuff like that. There isn't yep. really anything else you can show if you're trying to sell a product. And so that's where I think that that has become so uh, kind of insidious throughout the entire industry. It's because it's the it's the most effective way, basically making people feel shit about themselves, so they buy your stuff.
1: Yeah, for sure. And and that goes for everything within 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 the commercial industry now. Yeah, the, the, of course. The sell of makeup, the sell of. Um, hair products the sale of skinny teas that make you shit yourself like all of these things
0: (laughs) yeah that's a whole other conversation isn't
1: it We could fill the rest of
0: the chat just with that
1: (laughs) yeah we could but it is toxic what would be in the media really do have a direct impact and and one of the things that i needed to step away from was that expectation that that expectation isn't right of, of myself anymore yep. it's more like now my values are around how i feel when i'm with my husband yep. it's more around how i can keep up with my kids like my 5 year olds yeah. just started just started school this time and she runs into school. I've got to leg it after her. Now yeah. I'm a big girl running after her, a little girl. I like and being able to keep up in yeah. that sort of way. So my attitude towards my own health is so is so far removed from the aesthetic these days that I've had to find ways that aren't aesthetic in order to feel better and to and to work on myself in in a in a way that is that is much more healthy and much less aesthetically led. Because there's a lot of fat phobia knocking around, and there's a lot of I just it just it it's just makes me very uncomfortable and it's very it's a very sticky place. So really turning inward and really owning my health for myself uh, and and no one else and and the aesthetics are kind of a, as an aside. Yeah, you know, now. yeah.
0: It's it's a. Uh yeah it's a side effect rather than the the goal exactly. itself exactly
1: yeah it is not to not be fat now yeah. and it's to take the the controversy away from the word fat and actually it's just to if i look after myself in a way that is kind that is loving that makes sense that is rational then actually the byproduct would be that i would that i would lose weight and have yeah. you know it's it is a tricky and a quaggy like situation to like work your way through, but then when you start to do that, and when you just start to really focus on your self worth and how much you love yourself, actually, you know, the byproducts pay off maybe not in dress sizes but just how you bloody feel about yourself
0: mate absolutely and i think this took me a a a long time to learn myself and this is from kind of almost a a different angle but with the this the same feel the same theme running through it Mm. and i've always felt really insecure about my weight and my mm-hmm. size and my shape um because i felt i was too skinny and i mm-hmm. felt that i was too especially when i went into the fitness industry because right. i thought you know I, I was surrounded by personal trainers who were all came from a, a sports background or a bodybuilding background and things like that yeah
1: people who are perceiving pts to be like super buff or yeah. super ripped and actually it's, it's you don't have to be those things no. in order to be able to assist somebody with their health and well no. right
0: <laughs> exactly i mean i came from the background of being a normal person okay Normal's probably not the right Anybody word inverted
1: commas <laughs>
0: normal i wish i was a better word I guess. <laughs> uh, definitely not a normal background um but i i came before i was in the fitness industry i came from a teaching background i was a science teacher and so i didn't come from a background of looking like a rugby player or a bodybuilder or a fitness model mm. or anything like that but all the people i found myself surrounded with did uh did look that certain way and i had people look me up and down and even say you know you're a personal trainer like it was just to my face, yeah. and I was just like, "Yeah, actually, I am." And, but my fo- my focus was was on on health and well being, and it always kind of like that was mainly my focus when I uh, w- when I started getting into fitness myself. And I've never been, you know, I wasn't into it when I was younger. I wasn't a, an active kid or a um, you know a teenager who was playing sports, or even at a, a, a university was the first time I even set foot in a gym. And um, mm. the but when I when I started working in the fitness industry, I was even more surrounded by it than most people are and so mm. i started to believe i needed to look a certain way yeah in order to find clients in order to be inspirational and aspirational and it's taken me years to unpick that and mm. actually go you know what exactly like you've said it's not about how i look it's about how i feel and it's mm. about my quality of life and this is why yeah. there's a big part in 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 my book that's um, that's coming out soon that is in fact the whole first section is called fitness for quality of life and it's mm-hmm. it's because people have this idea that fitness is the end goal, but it's not. Fitness I see it like money. Money mm. is a means to an end. It's it's yeah. it's there to then do stuff with. And mm-hmm. fitness is the same. Fitness is not the end. It's a means to an end. And the mm-hmm. end is going to be different for different people. So for you, the fitness is a means to keeping up with your kid on the way to school. Yeah. Fitness is a means to be able to show up for your clients and your community. It's right. it's it's a currency really and Mm. and then you can then spend that currency on other things and that's going to vary from person to person
1: yeah absolutely absolutely and i found this as well that you know i am quite an energetic person really Um, (laughs) i hadn't noticed danny
0: (laughs) you're so demure and quiet
1: i mean but uh, the the whole my whole stage persona is is high energy and being able to when when I I, I'm a motivational speaker I run my own events and part of me running and hosting events being a compare involves me running around like a blue arse fly like climbing on chairs and singing at the same time and that requires a certain degree of physical fitness oh yeah is definitely something that I have to actively work on otherwise I come across I can't sing and run at the same time I mean it, it's something that you've really got to work on And for me like strength based training yoga all that stuff allows me to do that yeah. with that in focus another great example of this you know is Lizzo yes um, yeah Lizzo you know shares actively you know her strength like you cannot in a million years run around stage and sing in the way that she does live and not be a strong person no absolutely and, and, and this is where this the fitness capacity comes she's all got is unreal yeah, isn't it amazing and I think that this is you know fitness does it. it comes in all shapes and sizes but it's got to be it's got to come from you and it's like the more external influences that you have it is very difficult to maintain and keep consistent action based on external influences like any change that you've got to make any any movement that you make it return in with regards to your physical fitness or indeed your mental fitness because i know you talk about both has got to come from the inside out as soon as you start taking external influences on and you're and you're carrying someone else's shit around with you that's hard that's it's hard to maintain any kind of behavioral change based around that
0: yeah yeah absolutely and there's i mean I I think that the first time I really looked more internally for answers to things was about three years ago, and prior to that, mm. it had always been an external search, if you like, and it yeah. was a kind of case of right. I need to achieve this. I need to achieve that. Um, if I if I reach this goal, then I'll be happy. If I, you know, whatever it is, whether it's a business goal, financial goal, um, fitness goal, or whatever, I was always looking for this kind of external reward, and. Yeah. When I when I burned out for the second time, mm-hmm. uh, quite spectacularly, and lost my personal training <laughs> business, and you know the, the the time before that that I'd done it was why I left teaching in the first place, and why I'd gone into mm-hmm. the fitness industry because I wanted a career that would keep me healthy, and and it it hadn't done. Um, you know, I'd been in the industry for a number of years, and I still managed to completely neglect myself, even though mm. I knew all the stuff I should be doing. And it just goes to show you can know the stuff and and still not apply it. So I was putting all my energy into other people, and when I was as I was recovering from that burnout after about six months of being completely unable to work, I thought, mm. right, what I was doing before obviously wasn't working. <laughs> so luckily, I learned that. Um, but then I saw start, I started thinking, well, if I look internally at mm. what i was doing and how i was feeling and and try and kind of reflect on that stuff rather than reflect on the outside things that weren't going my way Mm -hmm. then it would allow me to to make more positive steps and also be more i guess resilient or adaptable to kind of change externally rather than relying on external things being being going my way and i think that put me in in a good in good stead for dealing with this year because obviously Mm -hmm. we've had a huge amount of uncertainty and i'd already done like two years of work trying to go inwards
1: yeah, I mean, it's been really interesting. I mean, we're friends sort of outside this particular space in the, in this podcast and it's yeah. been interesting as your friend to see you make decisions around your self-care yeah. in order to maintain strength throughout this time. And yeah. I think that it's been re- admirable and really inspirational for me as somebody else who's in this kind of public arena... Um, to see, you know, your friends actually say, no, do you know what? I'm going to have some downtime. I'm going to take some time out of social media right now because, do you know what? I'm focusing inward. I'm, making, yeah. I'm strengthening myself in this way at this point in time and it made complete sense. And you calling in those boundaries is really great to see, especially knowing the fact that you've been through burnouts and, you, you know, having various things that you've had to deal with. I just think it's so, it shows such strength and people don't give themselves enough Space or enough love to be able to say, actually, no, I'm going to hold this space for myself and my family right now because that's what I need to do. Yeah. It's it's my um my music teacher from when I was at high school. is incredible guy called uh, Mr. Gray. And uh, Ian, we're really good friends now. And I remember him telling me when I told, I said to him that it was too important. I w- my work was too important for me to take time off, but he could see that I was on my knees. Yeah. And he told me a story of when he was, uh, when he was teaching, he doesn't teach anymore. Um, and a, a fellow teacher, a good friend of his, um, had seen Ian come in to work and he was on his knees. And he, I think his, one of his parents had just passed away and he was having a bit of a breakdown. There things going on at home and Mr Bailey turned around to Mr Gray and turned around. you're a very self-important little man, aren't you? <laughs> and uh, Ian was like... Um, No, no, I'm not. I'm not self-important. You think that the world is going to stop because you stop. That's very, very egotistical of you. I suggest that you go home. And it was interesting. Like He had that conversation with me. He didn't call me a very self-important little girl. But essentially, it was that wake-up call that the world isn't going to fall apart when you set boundaries. Yeah, no, absolutely. The people start respecting you more when you when you set those boundaries, and and you start when you start to respect yourself, people around you start to respect yourself, uh, respect yourself, start to respect you in turn. And again, having this uh, approach to your own health and your own well being, where you start to put boundaries in for yourself, actually, you get better respect for yourself, and other people will fall in line as well. It's I find it fascinating.
0: Yeah, it's it's when you start kind of looking at it, it is really really interesting to to consider and i think there was talking about kind of taking time out and things like that i saw a great post on instagram maybe a couple of weeks ago and i can't for the life of me remember who posted it now but um it was talking if it was good
1: i want to take credit yeah okay
0: it was you danny it was definitely you (laughs) (laughs) if it was you i'd remember i'll be honest um the 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 idea was it was talking about work and rest and it was Mm. talking about how most people see them as opposites of one versus the other right right and this post was offering an alternative perspective that they're actually synergists they're actually two Mm. cogs in the same machine that work alongside each other Mm -hmm. rather than a switch which is either one way or the other and going right here's work here's rest and yes you need both but people see them as opposites but yeah this this whole thing just it changed the way I mean it was already it was already something that I I'd kind of started acting on but it gave such a simple and again visual model for me to mm. understand why what I am now doing is working so much better in terms of my work capacity. Yeah. It's that actually rest isn't the opposite of work. Rest is there to support work. It's another cog in the exact same machine and without it the machine stops.
1: Right. And that is something that I have learned Hard <laughs> yeah. in, the, in the past, not in even in the past 18 months. So, whenever I find myself under stress, and, and because of the situation that I've come from, uh, given that, you know, given that I was homeless and given yep. that I've been in a state of survival for many, many years, it, it manifests itself in rampant workaholism, in that I'm constantly trying to escape a former life. And I've got to grips with that and done a lot of healing around that now. But when the going gets tough, I tend to kind of go head down our up, like I'm working hard, I get my blinkers on and I'm aiming towards something. And, you know, the the potential for burnout has been very, very real in the past. When I was gigging, um, and I'm the breadwinner in, in our house, one well, incredibly supportive husband who really does pick up like all the childcare and everything yep. while I'm running around the world doing all the crazy yeah. stuff that I do. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, God bless him. Like he, I, he is a strong man to put up with me. Um, because because my life does it, you know, constantly rolling with the punches. And the, um, the, the propensity for burnout is really real. And I was so scared of stopping because if I stopped, then we don't earn anymore. Yeah. Um, and that was really, really scary. So I would be I would be gigging Thursday, Friday day, Friday night, Saturday day, Saturday night, Sunday day, Sunday night, Monday night, like every single week, not taking any time off for holidays, not taking any time off for any bandwidth. I couldn't grow. No wonder I was hitting a glass ceiling. But I was on my knees. I remember crying when I was leaving the house because I knew when I was leaving the house, I weren't going to see the kids for another three or four days because I, they would either be asleep. Essentially, it was like I was working nights or I would be asleep in the daytime, trying to catch up on the sleep from driving around all night so I went from that into a business that I created from scratch but has had a massive trajectory yeah what I've had to learn in that time is that there has to be intensity and in recovery because if I don't build in so when I launch something now I've got a great team around me who say actually for a couple of days or a week after you've done this big thing we're going to block out your time now daddy because you are going to need to recover from the thing that you've just done and build that into my business strategy so rest and recovery now is having is being built into my business strategy which again lends itself to how successful my business is and you can see how it just all of it lends itself to each other it's all they're all bricks in the same wall they're all rooms in the same building
0: yeah exactly that and i think that people find it i mean when people look at fitness as a kind of uh, as the obvious working out or running or whatever yeah it's very clear that people need rest Um, but Mm -hmm. even then people don't even then people will be running far too much or they'll be training in the gym without rest and they'll end up injuring themselves physically injuring themselves because their body doesn't have time to recover and they'll make themselves physically unwell or tear muscles that don't have time to recover and all the rest of it but Mm -hmm. even though people still do that it's pretty much understood universally that you couldn't go to the gym from morning till night every single day without making yourself unwell and yet Mm -hmm. we seem to do that on the mental front quite happily and the analogy i always use in that sense is an olympic swimmer An, an olympic swimmer who is training super hard still has to get out of the swimming pool sometimes
1: right they can't
0: they can't just stay in the pool and be like if i stay in the pool a little bit longer i'm going to be better than the other ones no you've got to nourish yourself right you've got to rest effectively not just quantity of rest but quality of rest yeah and and that allows your body to recover so you can go again the next day and the more intense the workout or the longer the workout the better the recovery has to be the more you have to nourish your body and the more you have to or you know the longer the rest period or the more intense the rest has to be you know and Mm -hmm. it's the same with with other aspects of life like you were just saying about business the more intense the launch or the more intense that period of time that of whatever it was that you were doing yeah. the the more rest you will need afterwards, it, it has mm-hmm. to go hand in hand and I mean we were talking about this just before we started recording wasn't it about time off over Christmas?
1: Right, absolutely absolutely and this will be the first time, I'm absolutely furious by the way that we're going to be still in some sort of lockdown because this is the first Christmas I've allowed myself off for about 10 years, 12 years Yeah, um, so I've got after what has been an absolutely insane like if you think about some of the things that I've achieved this year yep. I've released two books of created like raised tens of thousands of pounds for charity turned over multiple six figures in our business like brought new people created a yeah. show like done all sorts of stuff and there's stuff in the pipeline coming up for next year that's still mind blowing and I thought right well I'm going to take Christmas off yeah. and that's what I'm going to do but I'm not going to be able to do anything it's, gonna be, it's like forced rest we were meant to go and visit family we were going to go and do all sorts of crazy things I've been I to bugger all now fuming we got Kazuo by the way I saw the your tester. post <laughs>
0: (laughs) I think I might if that ends up on social media, like on one of your lives, I think I might have to block you.
1: I feel like that I want to challenge you to a Kazuoki off. Oh, this could be good. This could
0: be good. I'm gonna have to invest. I'm gonna find I'm gonna find a proper good quality kazoo. I'm gonna get on eBay. Honestly, four ninety nine
1: from the Tesco. (laughs) Four ninety nine from the Tesco best four ninety nine I've spent. Uh, But 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 in saying that and all joking aside actually finding joy in that rest time yes. is, is again really really important finding the joy in the things that you're doing including the movement of your body the way that you nourish yourself and all yep. of that sort of stuff finding ways to enjoy those things in a healthy way is massively massively important again for your overall well being I've been talking in my community about magic and finding magic and when I mean magic I don't really mean like Paul Daniels type stuff I mean finding the joy in the really small things and the gratitude in the really small things really does have a massive impact on your health and your well-being and the way that you think about things the way that you you know the way that you react to stuff so again that's another thing that I've been actively trying to do and have always tried to do is find that find that bit of love in the day or find that bit of gratitude in the day or that bit of joy in the day or that laugh in the day uh, that allows you to, to be lifted yeah And that, again, as part of your rest, finding joy in in your rest is is imperative, as well as finding joy in your work, which I know not all of us can do, but... It's something that is is well worth thinking about. Like, where are you finding your joy? Yeah. If, like, like with exercise as well, eh? like if you don't like running, don't fucking run. If you like <laughs> swimming, if you just it's so like, true. Like, if, if if you don't like moving your body in that way and it makes you feel sad and it doesn't spark joy and it's getting a bit Marie Kondo, but if it doesn't make it doesn't make you feel happy doing the thing, like why should you exercise or move your body until it makes you sick? Like where what is that about? Some
0: people. Enjoy that, and if that's if that's what they want, then crack I'm on. But not it is a minority. <laughs> mi- this is this is the. It's it it's suitable for a minority of people. Some people love to challenge them challenge themselves to that kind Babes, of degree. It's self harm.
1: Stop it. It's self arm <laughs> Like making yourself challenged to the point where you puke it. Come on now.
0: Right, what about what about uh, like surely surely from surely from that I mean some people consider the same of me going and running into the sea at the end of November they think that's self-harm as well but the uh, <laughs> it's it's not for everyone but I find I find joy in it and it's funny that you mentioned the kind of Marie Kondo thing because I'm a big fan of minimalism as a philosophy not just yeah getting rid of stuff for the sake of it but minimalism in a very considered approach to what you have in your life both physically mm. uh, emotionally and what you spend your time doing and all the rest of it and it is mm-hmm. true like if you use the kind of Marie Kondo do, is is this serving a purpose and does it spark joy if it doesn't spark joy then why have I still got it yeah why have
1: you even got it in your life yeah exactly <laughs> if, we do, if we do
0: that if we do that not only with physical items in our house it's just like yeah I don't this is absolutely bringing nothing to my life whatsoever if we hmm. did that with our actions as well and we did it with our habits and we did it with our, um, our you know trains of thought that we have even and, and I think that there's a lot to be said for doing that like just minimising and, and only keeping the things which um Which we actually genuinely want to keep rather than just stuff that we're hanging on to for the sake of it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's really freeing. That is really freeing. Like, we, it's one of my favorite things to do, Jay, is getting a tip, a skip. Yep. I, I was laughing with my husband over the weekend it was like we have got a skip about five times in the last two years and I'll be getting another one, we're moving in February I will be getting another skip before then I want to like throw everything away like, how, how do you want to throw things away and I just feel like there are A, there aren't any pockets in shrouds
0: and yeah, if, anything yeah, to yeah.
1: ha- if anything was to happen to me, and my family, my friends I had to go through all my stuff, they've got they're tasked with a lot of things that they've got to throw away because they can't keep it all. So if they can't keep it all, why am I keeping it all? Yeah. Like what is it that I'm hanging on to? So I try not to hang on to anything because energetically, once it served its purpose, it doesn't need. It's dead weight. Yeah. Um, so again, like keeping your keeping your space both in your heart and your head and your surroundings clutter free. It's cathartic, think, isn't it? It's cathartic. Yeah, it helps you think clear. It increases bandwidth, and when you've got extra bandwidth going on in your head, it increases your creativity, increase your creativity, yeah. increase your productivity, and so on and so on and so on. So another another one of the things I think is you know getting shut of your shit. Yeah,
0: yeah, because we've all got a lot of it. Let's be honest. Oh, have you seen? Have you watched that minimalism documentary on Netflix? I think you'd no. love it. You've oh, got to i to watch it I'll have a lot.
1: I'll have a look. I'll have yeah, a look.
0: it's really really good, and it's um, it's it. It really did. I mean, it sounds like such a cliche, but I watched it a few years ago, and it completely changed my life.
1: Oh, I want to watch a life change. I'm here for that. Yeah. Cliches are built on truth, yeah, so like if it's yeah, a life changer, right. that I want to know about. Oh, it. mate,
0: honestly, like it completely changed my view on and and it, I posted about that documentary actually on Black Friday, which was uh, you know at time of recording, it was a few days ago, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and. I posted about it because I was just like just watching the 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 mania around just buying stuff and I saw something which was like if you if you buy something in a sale for two hundred quid that was normally four hundred quid but you weren't going to buy anyway. You, you haven't con- saved two hundred quid. You've spent two hundred quid. <laughs>
1: exactly that. Exactly that. So there was some specifically for our new house that we because we don't normally partake in, in things like Black Friday yep. or you know Boxing Day sales or anything like that because, like you say, if you're two hundred quid down, however you look at it, yeah. unless you need unless it, unless you think, need it anyway. So we were for the first time we partook and we ha- we held on and held on before we bought anything for the new house until yeah. sort of Black Friday and the sales yeah. started. So we benefited in that way, but that's not really what they're designed for. They're designed for like but pushing that's, sales.
0: That's looking at that's that's again it's that rational kind of going right. This is what's this is this is what's happening, and this is how I can use it to my advantage um, rather than just getting swept up in the in the hype. And yeah. because we are constantly looking for external things just just to bring this back around bring this tangent back in um, (laughs) which i'm normally rubbish at so i'm going to relish this you're
1: doing really well (laughs) (laughs) oh oh, thanks (laughs) mate
0: that wasn't patronizing Um, i love you (laughs) (laughs) don't distract me i'm trying to bring it back in so we were talking about looking for things externally versus internally and it seems to be that the 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 consumerism that that is rampant now and it's not just buying stuff that you need it's buying stuff because you're trying to fill some void in your life yeah. and because you're afraid of kind of looking inwards and actually dealing with the horrible stuff that you've got going on that it might be horrible you know might not for some people it might not be that bad for some people it might be terrible stuff and sometimes you might need help to kind of unpack that stuff and go through it mm. and, and 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 work your way through that but instead we look externally and we look for things like if i lose weight i'll be happy if i buy this big tv i'll be happy if i um I get that promotion i'll be happy and, yeah. and black friday is just another uh, another weapon in the arsenal of consumerism that will right. steer us towards this oh but i don't actually need to look internally because look at this right. stuff
1: because it's the pursuit of happiness but actually when we realize that the the, the 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 it's the pursuit um it's the journey yeah. that we should be happy on the journey yeah. actually happiness isn't the destination happiness is the journey it's yeah. the pursuit and when we start to realize that actually the end outcome becomes it becomes so much um less important you know i will be happy when i've got six figures in the bank i will be happy when i've got a nice car i will be happy when i've got you know the perfect body it, and then you get there, and it's like climbing a rope that you don't get to the end of. Or when you get to the end of the rope, there's nothing there. Yeah. And you got to find another rope. Yeah, it's, just so rope it's just more, more rope, man. Just more rope, man. So then you've got to find ways to be at peace with climbing the rope. Like what? Like what's good about the rope? Like what's good about the journey? Like look around you. What? Where? What's? What the fuck Sparky joy? Really? Yeah. And it, it's so. I ju- honestly, I, I know I keep saying the whole thing is fascinating, but, but I'm, I feel like I'm a voyeur of all of this going on now. L- the likes of you and I have kind of woken up to this.
0: Yeah, situation. Yeah, very gradually. But- <laughs> uh, yeah,
1: uh, but it is like being an outsider then looking in when you see all you see how the construct works. Yeah. And we get told, you know, you've got to be positive and you've got to be happy all the time. And there's cognitive dissonance that goes on because we all have stuff that we've got to deal with. We've all got, you know, past that we're surviving from. We've all got these things. And actually, how do we then look inwardly and enjoy the journey? How do we make happiness the destination all the way along instead of it being a a final destination? Because we never really get there because there's always something else on the other side of it
0: i think it was mark manson the author who wrote uh, the subtle art of not giving a fuck um yeah yeah i think it was him who who posted a great analogy which i've got a lot of time for which was happiness because he's got some great ideas about happiness if there's anyone listening to this who hasn't read his books mark manson go and follow him on socials and stuff because he's brilliant um he and he, he he talks about he's, he's coined the term negative self-help which i love um <laughs> It's very realistic and one of the things that he posted about was that happiness is like an orgasm the more you think about it and the more you try and achieve it the less likely it is to happen
1: right 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 <laughs> and i was just like yeah <laughs> it's like
0: if you just relax and enjoy it you're probably gonna have a better time rather than yes. trying to seek happiness Constantly. Completely
1: goal-oriented all the time. Yeah. Now, it's, it's healthy having goals. It allows you to create trajectory and it allows you to create momentum and movement. But... The goal isn't in and of itself, no. it's, it, it's the attainment, it's the it's the movement along the way, it's the friends you make along the way, yeah. it's the conversations that it's you have. Catalyst, it's a catalyst really, stuff. isn't it? Yeah, Having 100%. the goal is a catalyst,
0: it's again the means to an end, it's not the Absolutely. end itself. The end itself is that it prompts you to do certain things and it's the doing of the things which will make you feel good
1: which if we look back on this whole conversation that we've had today it kind of keeps coming back to the same thing that the, the understanding of yourself and the enjoyment of the journey is the more important than actually being at the point of attainment and it, how, how funny it is that that, you know if one person off of the back of listening to this today starts to think okay well how the fuck do i start to un- understand and enjoy the journey a little bit more then i think that's job done isn't it
0: it is and i think that's a that's a, i think this would be a good place to wrap it up to be honest so if there was if there was someone listening who was thinking those things and did want to kind of look inwards and and kind of get a handle on things in maybe a, a slightly different way and look after their look after their themselves in general i guess yeah um, if you had a couple of pieces of advice for that person, what would those be?
1: Um, I think first of all, I think the boundaries conversation is is a good place to start. Yeah. That when you go through life without boundaries for yourself and for others, um, you end up being pulled in lots of different directions, and that has a direct effect on all of the things that we've been speaking about today. Um, so understanding that whilst it's okay to say yes it's equally okay to say no it's okay to say i don't want to do those things thank you very much i don't that health and wellness for me don't doesn't look like that for me but i want to explore alternative ways for me to look after myself so having boundaries around what is cool for you and what is not cool for you will have a knock-on effect for everything else that you do um and i think allowing yourself to feel however you feel about a certain thing and sit in it for a sec like you do not have to go through life with this you know oh I've got to feel great about everything yeah. we've been talking about happiness but you don't you don't have to feel great and you're allowed to feel shitty sometimes and you're yep. allowed to feel great and you're allowed to feel all of these things but you've got to allow yourself to feel them otherwise you will create this cognitive dissonance and th- that you can only enjoy the journey when you you know which bits to enjoy and the only ta- the, the only way that you get to know what you enjoy is by finding out what you don't fucking enjoy yeah and allow it all
0: yeah, and it's like it's like watching a movie. If a movie was happy all the way through, it'd be a really boring fucking movie. Yeah, for sure. And where's it, the peril? Exactly. Oh, you want a challenge to uh-huh. for, for the for the protagonist to overcome, and you want right. drama, and you want sadness, and you want to cry, and you want to laugh, and you want to be scared. Um, and the reason that people like to go and watch films which emote all of these different things mm. is because that's that reflects reality. We do yeah. feel all these things. Nobody would want to go and see a film which didn't have that didn't have some kind of emotional roller coaster and so it's it's time to accept that in our own lives as well and embrace the fact that that too reality too is going to be all kinds of an, a spectrum of emotions involved in it
1: yeah 100 percent, 100 percent.
0: danny i have really enjoyed this conversation it's 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 almost like we can both talk a lot
1: you think i know it's weird isn't it um
0: yeah thank you so much mate and i there's been a huge amount of value for me and i'm sure there has been for for the people listening as well um and we'll have to do it again sometime
1: absolutely it'd be my pleasure thank you so much for having me it's been an absolute pleasure
0: cheers thank you for listening to fit body fit mind with me jay unwin If you aren't already connected with me on LinkedIn, Instagram, or Facebook, then you can find all the links in the podcast description or on my website at fitbodyfitmind.online. Until next time, stay fit, stay well, and have fun.